imagine if there was social media or oh. all this coverage during the Cold War. <sighs> Just the, there would be nothing but panic the entire time. It would shut down everything. There, If we had this same cycle during the Cold War, 110% there would have been a rocket launched. There would have been a, a nuclear... Just through the storm, fuck through the storm of media that we have, mm-hmm. you would get somebody that was in charge of something that they probably shouldn't have been. That got a little gunshot or got a little eager mm-hmm. and fucking pressed a button that they shouldn't have. When it was literally like a button, mm-hmm. there were yeah, ten redundancies. Mm-hmm. Code was the um, lock combination to get into the room. Yeah. That was the only code there was. That's the coolest shit. Like on like Hunt for Red October. And those kind of where they get the codes and they have to break the plastic and pull it out and then they read off what it is. Yeah, it's a shame that Sean Connery couldn't get rid of his accent for that that movie. <laughs> that he didn't need to. What was he in the movie? So he was a Russian captain, but I'm trying to remember it why. It was not a Russian accent. No, 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 it wasn't. It was a Scottish accent. But the reasoning behind it was he was born in Scotland, married a Russian woman... And because that's he moved right. there, I want to say that that's why he was with the Russian military, because he moved to Russia for his wife. <laughs> Do you think they had to make that part of the storyline because he couldn't shake the accent? That's what it was. Like, they just had to he work around his... Um, Alec Baldwin, he's playing Jack Ryan in that. And, yeah, he explains, because they're trying to figure out his name, Sean Connery's guy's name is Ramius, and he's like the most famous Soviet submarine commander. And... Jack Ryan has actually studied him. He's like the CIA analyst mm-hmm. and he's studied him before. And he's like, this isn't his MO. Um, he's not even natural born Russian. He only went and, you know, he, he was, his wife was married to, she died like 10 years ago. I think he wants it. And that's how he kind of figures out he's trying to defect and how he holds off like the United States from blowing up that other, the other sub. I guess I forgot that he was a Scott in that movie. He's a Scott in every movie. He, he has, has to his be. Scottish accent. I think we talked about Highlander. He plays a Spanish guy, but he has his fucking Scottish. I think that's one of his like no go areas. They're like, "Hey, Mr. Connor, we have a rule for you." He's like, "I'm not changing my accent." They're like, "We understand that." Except You've made for it Bond. very clear for your entire career that you will not be that adopting a different accent. <laughs> what nationality am I playing? We wanted you to play a cowboy from Texas. <laughs> Howdy. Yeehaw. (laughs) Speaking of dressing up, costumes and acting. Yeah, it's a big one today. Um, This is Halloween. Happy Halloween. shake your American feelings about being the only one that celebrates this. And there's a lot of holidays that I think I take for granted personally that I don't realize that other people celebrate. Mm -hmm. Like you kind of know about Canada with like boxing day and Canadian 4th of July. I think they have it Canadian independence day. There's a few of those. And then you understand like there's a Mexican independence day in September. So they have that. But do they celebrate the 4th of July just because they see how fucking fun it looks in America? So then Kind of how like we've co-opted St. Patrick's Day. Pretty much. And we've turned it into just reason to get fucking hammered and make dumb, dumb decisions. Well, we co-opted Halloween, too. We did. It's, it's, Easter? Here's the thing is that people 
when they look at all of this kind of stuff, America's so fucking young. Like, it is still the great experiment. We haven't got the fucking democracy thing down or the how this country works or anything like that. We're constantly adapting, and we're the great experiment of democracy. And what people forget about that is all of our shit, with the exception of July 4th, is pretty much co-opted from a lot of other fucking places in the world from people that came from those other places to make this country. And Easter would have to be one of them that probably came out of the Middle East first. Well, isn't Easter, the whole thing is it's celebrating the day that Christ was resurrected. Mm-hmm. So if he was resurrected and... So uh, that's that's a Christian one, just like Christmas. And then what they do is... Christianity is essentially the ultimate, like... What? What do you what do you like? Okay, yo, that sounds just like our holiday. So we're just gonna take your holiday and blend it in with our holiday, but we're gonna make sure we separate it on our day. Or maybe we'll do it on your day if everything matches up, but that's how we're gonna get you to convert. We're not gonna get rid of everything you hold dear. We're gonna bring some of your shit in, but we're gonna kinda polish it and turn it into our thing. It's kinda just like an amalgamation of paganism because it's, it's like three different holidays. Yeah, it's it just seems like it's one of those things where it's like only where they were able to conquer because obviously we still have Islam and I don't think Christianity celebrates anything that's close to Islam. Like there was no marker there because there might have been so much war. Yeah, that that was the split in Judaism, which we're going to have to do. That's going to be an insane episode just to like see where that split happened and how the similar similarities between like Islam, Judaism, modern Christianity, how those basically just boil down to like the definition of how somebody considers something. And it's so simple, but because it was a split, the farther down the road you go, the wider the split gets. And what, uh, what important certain key figures that they all share mm-hmm. played with just different names. Yep. Well, I want to say that Jesus is still mentioned by name in the Quran, but he was like a prophet, but not like the son of that's Allah. the distinction. One of his, the, he's the son. The other one, he's like cousin adjacent or just a, or a prophet or something like that. Which doesn't diminish what he does. That's just weird that that's what the split is. Mm -hmm. Back to Halloween. So Halloween is kind of, like Adam was saying, an amalgamation of this uh, some pagan festivals that these uh, Celtics actually invented to... It was the ending of the fall equinox, right? The ending of the harvest season of the fall and then leading into winter. I think it was the ending of the summer equinox into the fall, right? No, because it would have been the last quarter of the year, the ending of the third quarter. Oh, so into winter? Yeah. The harvest, basically. That's what it was. It was the it, harvest. It was harvest, yeah. <laughs> that, to me, it's... Pagans just always kind of had parties. Like, that was their deal. And this is kind mm-hmm. of where this whole thing comes from, is um, the origin dates back well over 2,000 years ago, and it was a Celtic festival called... Samhain. Samhain. It was spelled very odd. It's S-A-M-H-I-N, but somehow it's Samhain. It's like Samhain is, is how it looks. Sam Wayne is how it looks, but it's Samhain. And even down to the color, like black... The, the reason it's black and orange is because black represented the death of summer, mm-hmm. so the ending of that... And orange represented the autumn harvest. Yeah. So when they were out there doing it. So even the color scheme for Halloween dates back thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I, we'll get back into all this, but I found something very interesting studying this, and it's the top thing on here. 
And if you don't take anything away from this, this is the most important thing that I think that I found out. Okay. So, uh, witches, the whole idea behind like them riding around on brooms, Mm -hmm. there's like two or three schools of thought. And one of them was that it was a pagan celebration during, uh, the festivals that they would have right around Samhain, but they would actually take like mops or phallic items, anything like that, stick them between their legs, run around the fields and jump as high as they could. And supposedly every time they landed, it was to help the earth raise the crops higher and higher so Mm -hmm. you get a better yield. So that was like the thought process behind turning witches from pagans into witches was they used to run around and jump Mm -hmm. with their brooms and then it turned into flying. So there's that one. Second one's my personal favorite, and if you take anything away Becky from this episode... Becky had Mad Hobbs, and the wrong person saw her. She cleared, like, three feet of corn. They're like, that bitch is flying. <laughs> Too much. Too much. But this fucking, second one fucking is... Fucking chill, Becky. It's very important, because I don't know how the, anybody would prove this, but um, witches riding in broom, or riding on brooms, started out as, like, a broom was a domestic item that a woman would use in the house... And that was kind of like her tie to being a domicile woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so witches fly on brooms partially because that was them escaping and going into their own little Wiccan witch world. Okay. Uh, Breaking th- the shackles of domestic servitude. Yep, exactly. You're, you're out there on your own. You're doing your own potions. So it was like the fuck you. Like, I'm taking my broom and I'm fucking flying out Getting of here. Getting out of yeah. here, yeah. This broom's, my ex-husband bought this mm-hmm. broom, now I'm a witch. Uh, the second part of that I find absolutely fascinating that they were that they used phallic objects such as brooms as dildos, but the way that they would use them, you, man, you're living in in fucking pre-colonial America. You're using whatever you can. You're not going to go true. out and find a fucking stick and be like, "Ooh, this is rough." You just pray to God they had sandpaper because that would be rough. I think all they had at that point were, like, lathes. Just rubbing shit on rocks, trying to get it smooth I, At enough. that point, yeah, you have a lathe, and you try to get it as smooth as you can. And then the most prized family heirloom is, like, a broom that's been handed down for generations that's just been worn smooth by people using it. It started out a six-foot-long broom, and now it's, like, two oh feet long. Oh, my God. <laughs> just think about that. Like, honey, I'm handing you this broom. Your great-great-grandmother brought this broom from Europe. This broom broom has seen me through a lot of a lot of rough times. When I was learning about this, I was sober. Trying to get through this next part stone is gonna be it's gonna be very difficult. But uh, so you've, we've heard of like witches brew and mm-hmm. the wording. I think it's in um, the hocus pocus, bubble bubble toil and trouble. Yeah. So they had something that they made called Witch's Brew, and it was also called a flying ointment sometimes. Okay. And a Witch's Brew would have hallucinogenics in it. Our old friend, um, I Ergot. Yep. It had Deadly Nightshade in it. It had a couple other things. Mm-hmm. It had hallucinogenic properties in it. A little bit of that, a little bit of that psilocybin from those mushrooms growing off those cow patties. Exactly. So... When you take different things like that, it can really affect you. Like, if you were to drink witch's brew, mm-hmm. it would, like, your digestive tract, it would just wreak havoc on oh, you. Yeah. But luckily for these witches being so smart and needing to know how to fly, they found easier ways to do it. And obviously, if you can't ingest it through your mouth, uh, you can boof it up your beehole. Mm-hmm. But for women, there is one other option. Back the old... 
Back to the old broom handle? Yep, back to the old broom handle. So, allegedly, the story goes that these witches would get together, they would make a witch's brew, then they would take the witch's brew and mix it with something that they could put on their... Everyone dip your tips into the cauldron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they would rub that on their broomsticks. I feel like I've seen this movie. Uh, a couple late, times. Late I, I've never seen the ending, but I, I have seen the beginning and part of the middle. You never need to make it to the ending. No, <laughs> no, no. one makes it to the end. And they used to throw them between their legs, obviously mm-hmm. with no drawers, either by choice or maybe mm-hmm. you just didn't have any. So as the puss was riding on the broomstick, they would ingest the witch's brew. Yeah. yeah. And so they would hold the brooms between their tripping legs and, and fucking ripping, fly baby. around, see things, different things like that. So... There's a good chance that that could be where the origin of witches flying on brooms from is they would sit on the witches brew brooms, it would inhale through their puss, and then they'd just think that they would go off flying. I'm starting to think this whole witchcraft thing was just a bunch of people being jealous that they weren't invited to the good time. Well, and it kind of makes sense. If you're hanging out with a bunch of Puritans and you're kind of horny all the time, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to have to do shit like that. Yeah, there's nothing else to do back then. So if you take anything from this... Witches might have put hallucinogenics on the broomsticks. And dry hunter brooms. And dry hunter brooms. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, now getting back to the task at hand, uh, the Celtic has to be Irish, right? Is that it Irish is. and Scottish? Yes, it is. Uh, I think it's just Irish. I've learned in doing research, Irish and Scottish don't like to be mixed up. Yeah, that's I- why I didn't want to say Ireland all of them. is its own separate island. Scotland is the north of Great Britain, the north of the United Kingdom. And I'm not sure if they go by Celtic or Celtic. I know they're called it's the Celtics. Celtic. I it's, think Celtic. it's Celtic. Yeah. Okay. It's one of the things we did to it. Let's see. Yeah, we Americanized it. Um, so these Celtic tribes eventually, after having this harvest festival over and over and over for thousands of years, eventually, just like every other people, every other country that's mm-hmm. happened in the world, they were invaded. The Romans took them over. Once the Romans took over that area, they had to figure out a way to ingratiate themselves with the people, which we talked about it in the Alexandria um, episode. When Alexander went down there, he didn't just try to force all of their mm-hmm. beliefs on the Egyptians. He was able to weave himself yep. in the Egyptian folklore. And much like that, Sawin kind of gets turned into a, from a Celtic thing into more of a Roman thing. Mm-hmm. But still, we get tidbits. So that's where you get the name, actually, too. So what used to be Sawin or Sawin, you get starting to turn into what's called either All Halloween, All Hallows Eve, All Saints Eve. And the reason they're interchangeable is a hallow is a saint. I didn't know that. In the Roman thing, because you had saints, you know. Oh, so pagan is hollow. No, so hallow is a a Roman word for saint. Okay, gotcha. So it would turn into, and so that day was November first, so it would be All Hallows Eve would be the thirty first, and then it got shortened over the years into Halloween, and. Uh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so basically you had this festival that was kind of co-opted, tweaked and everything, but it still kind of had its roots. And where you see it eventually coming to America is there's, you know, you have Irish immigrants bringing a lot of those traditions to North America in the 19th century. There's a huge boom when there was the famine in Ireland. Irish potato famine. Yep. You had a whole bunch of people coming over, and that's where you start to see it introduced to 
you know, what we're going to find out is going to be the North American traditions for, for that. And, and a lot of the traditions we do, not just the name of it, a lot of those traditions still come from like their legends and lore and everything. Yeah. And like you were talking about the kind of one of the tweaks that the Romans did to it was, I think it was, I'm not, I I don't fuzzy on the dates. Everything's fuzzy Mm -hmm. because there wasn't a whole lot back then. But they added All Souls Day, which was the second, or they added um, All Saints Day, November 1st, and that was to celebrate the saints like you were talking about, Mm -hmm. the hollows and all that. Then later on, um, November 2nd becomes All Souls Day, and All Souls Day is to honor the dead. And going from that, like you were talking about, the hallow thing, it became All Hallows Eve was um, October 31st. We changed that to Halloween. I don't know if it was just shorter or easier Halloween. to say. Halloween. 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 Okay. I can see that. I can see where there's a jump there. And after that, there were just kind of certain things that happened that we see as like normal traditions today. Like, I was really surprised by this, but trick or treating started in 1556, is yeah. like the first documented time. Mm-hmm. And it became a tradition because through all three of those day, all Hallows Eve, all saints day and all souls day, they would do something called souling where they dressed up in black and went door to door. Mm -hmm. And it was like a celebration of everybody that's died. Mm -hmm. And when you would get to that door, they would give you a treat. Yeah. So kind of the whole thought process behind why we have so many things that are related to like the dead for Halloween is that time is supposed to be the time when the veil between the living and the dead is the thinnest and you're able to go ahead and peer beyond that veil. Some spirits, you know, both benevolent and evil are able to cross that veil. And a lot of the traditions that we have are meant to ward off those spirits from essentially the good ancestors that are trying to come through and communicate. So that's why was it when they did the Houdini uh, seance, was it Halloween that they did that? I'm I'm not positive, I can't but remember. I bet I'm it probably to call back to that, would but be. I know that you know that's why that stuff is so associated with Halloween, like the whole you know riches, eh, riches rituals, witches rituals. Um, people using Ouija boards, seances, mediums, and everything like that. That seems to kind of have a Halloween tinge to it, and it's because a lot of that was done reaching out to ancestors and spirits during this time when you know, the barriers between those two dimensions or worlds were at, you know, their thinnest. I'm trying to think of a, a Halloween movie that I can think of that it's not mentioned in. I get the, the veil thing, the, mm-hmm. the, it being the thinnest feels like it's in like every Halloween movie that there is. Mm-hmm. Maybe not like Halloween, Halloween, yeah. like Michael Myers and that type of shit, but it's in Hocus Pocus. It's in damn near everything else I can think of. It's in, uh, Ernest, it's in, um, if it's in earnest, it's, one. if it's in earnest, it's everywhere. And like you were saying, they would have to go to houses, you know, dressed up. They would have to put on little small performances or jokes or puns in order to go and receive a treat. And trick or treat was only adopted actually by the Irish and Scots in like the two thousands. So For real? yeah. So they used to say, uh, things like help the Halloween party used to be their trick or treat. Really? Yeah. Uh, you think but, I mean, for people they could come up well, with is such it more good... Su- is it more surprising that they didn't... They adopted trick-or-treat instead of just maintaining, especially, like, 
that tradition. They're so good at soccer chants, though, you think they would have come to something easier. That's a mouthful of words to say when somebody opens a door. Uh, just very odd. I, I never would have thought that it would have come over here, we started saying it, and then it would have gone back over there. And it, it, I mean, it didn't really gain really any traction until like the 1920s in America. And then the big boom for Halloween was in like the 50s. Uh, it was the post-war boom. Uh, a lot of money. The economy was booming. And so any chance that there was to celebrate or do anything... I think that's where we grasped onto a lot of these holidays to make them bigger than they were. Well, good old religion sticking their nose back into it. The Puritans banned Halloween in America from like the 1600s to the 1800s. So the only two people or the only two churches, because they said that it was a Catholic holiday, Mm -hmm. which kind of makes sense. Roman Catholics, all that kind of stuff. You you can kind of trace it back to where their thinking would be. I like how their rationale wasn't that it was supposed to be this like day of the dead and evil shit. And yeah. Evil shit. It was like that wasn't their gripe about it. Like, hold on a second. That's a Catholic holiday. Catholics and the Protestants mm-hmm. are doing it. Has to be evil. Like, fuck the skeletons. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the ghosts. Don't like them. So, like you were talking about, the super big boom that came through was the Irish potato famine because it just dumped Irish people and Scottish people on America's borders. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the biggest immigrative's done a word, right? Im- immigration events. Yeah, it would, I guess yeah, that seems like it would be an easy term to remember. It's uh migratory events. Yeah. For like humans. Immigration boom. Something like that. Something like that. It, it was just such a big influx. And of course, everybody coming into America at that time, would have been either a Protestant or a Catholic. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of Puritans over there hanging out in Ireland or Scotland. So when you get that boom, they just kind of get run over. Like the Puritans, the people that still follow like Puritanical religions are just like, okay, you don't do it anymore. All right, we'll skip your house. We're going to the next house. Well, can you imagine too, like what's the one thing, even when you see people coming over like in the twenties or like early, like 1900s, what was the one thing that when they got to New York or wherever they were going, those people would always move into neighborhoods that were to predominantly people of that nationality just for the convenience of it. We still it's, see, we well, see you the get little Italy, today, Chinatown. And, exactly. So you would have an entire populace of people that had these shared traditions that they were able to go ahead and have a large enough group. They're like, yeah, we can keep this going within our, you know, within our community. And then think of how, like, if you're a kid looking in, oh man, and you're seeing like, what, there's this night a year, like, can you imagine like, your buddy coming up to you and being like, Hey, Hey, have you heard what they're doing down in, you know, whatever the district would be for the Irish people or anything like that? Like, no, be like, yeah. Like they'd go out at night on this one night a year and they'd go to each other's houses and they give them candy and they give them treats and stuff. Their parents make them costumes that they get to dress up in. He's like, get the fuck out of here. He's like, no, we'll go, we'll go watch. Just fucking seeing two kids just watching (laughs) and be like, they're getting fucking candy. I, I'm sure there's Jehovah's Witnesses that are nice people, but that's exactly what it feels like. Did you ever have any Jehovah's Witness kids that you went to school with? Not that I went to school with, no. So we what, had, what else were Jehovah's Witnesses? Mennonites, Mennonites. sort of. Is it similar to... Uh, it's oddly similar to being LDS, but not... Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. There's another religion that's kind of like Jehovah's Witnesses, and I'm trying to think of the name for it. Oh, I can't think of it now. They don't celebrate Christmas. 
No, and that's, I had a couple of them that I went to school with, and I always felt so bad because whenever we would have, like, a day, like, fourth, fifth grade, mm-hmm. whatever, when we would be in, like, making snowmen with cotton balls, he'd have to go do something else or, like, go sit outside the classroom when we'd have birthdays and we'd sing mm-hmm. happy birthdays. Like, how fucked up is that? That's some of the best times in school ever, and you wouldn't get to ever participate in it. Seventh-day Adventist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it similar close. to that? I think so. Okay, that's but that's the one I remember the name. They they church, have maybe the church the... was all, didn't have windows. I remember that the church that was in town was a full on stone brick building with a door and no windows. Maybe they got a little fear of the rapture or I something. Don't know. They need protection from. That's weird. That's yeah. a, that's a strip club thing. <laughs> no windows. No windows. Hey, I just always felt so bad for those kids because that was like fun shit that we they never got to be a part of. Yeah. And that's exactly probably what these Puritan kids were like. It was like, hey, mom, dad, you know what they're doing over there? Like, yeah, those are those gross Catholics. You can't mm-hmm. do that. Like, well, why? those gross Catholic kids have been eating candy two weeks after this freaking trick-or-treat night, and I ain't got nothing. I'm bringing fucking anchovy sandwiches for lunch, and these guys I have... I have a fucking raw turnip <laughs> or a beet. With some fucking leeks. This kid's eat a fucking caramel apple. Can Speaking of turnips. Hey, man, I'll give you 16 potatoes for buying <laughs> your caramel apple. You can feed your whole family for a week on these potatoes. Like, mm-mm. Is, are, the, are any of the potatoes covered in caramel? Mm. No deal. Uh, turnips actually were pumpkins before pumpkins. They used yes. to carve turnips. So do you want to hear the jack-o'-lantern thing? Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. Did you hear anything about the jack-o'-lantern uh-uh. thing? Okay. No, blow my mind. Okay, here we go. So the jack-o'-lantern, it was tied to this Irish legend about this guy named Stingy Jack. And so Stingy Jack, rumor goes, he was kind of an asshole. He was kind of like the town drunk. And um, he was always trying to kind of like pull a scam or cheat people. And so he ends up meeting Satan somehow. He thinks Satan's going to like claim his soul. And so he's like, hold up, dude. And in this scenario, I somehow imagine these guys as like a Spicoli type character. And it's going to make more sense when I tell you the story, like kind of two bros. So I imagine that he like rolls up on Satan and Satan's like, what's up, dude? Like, I'm here to take your soul. And the other guy's like, no, don't do that. He's like, before you take my soul, can we go get a beer? And Satan's like, sure, why not? I'm going to get that soul. Let's go have some drinks. So they go to the bar, get some drinks. After they're done drinking, Jack's like dude, you're not going to believe it. I forgot my wallet. <laughs> and Satan's like, I don't have pockets. I, I'm a goat bottom. We don't have money one. in hell. Yeah. And he's like, okay, you can turn into anything, right? And devil's like, of course. He's like, turn into a silver half dollar. I'll pay with you. And then you can just turn back into Satan after the register's closed. And then we'll be, you can have my soul. And the devil's like, Good thinking. Turns into a silver half dollar, a silver dollar, and Jack takes him, puts him into his pocket right next to a crucifix. And he's like, gotcha, bitch. And so he ends up keeping, and the devil can't get out. It's dick on one side. It's the crucifix on the other. other. There's no safe exit. Stuck between a cock and a hard place. Mm -hmm. And, And so he makes a deal. And I imagine this, if I'm looking at this in the, like, in a movie, I mentioned he pulls the coin out and the coin, instead of like the president's face on it, it has like the devil's face. He's like, what the fuck do you want? He's like, listen, I'll let you out of your coin form, 
but you have to promise not to take my soul. He's like, God damn it, fine. And he lets the devil go. <laughs> so, what ends up happening is, he eventually dies. Stingy Jack bites it. Well, he goes up to heaven, and God's like, bitch, are you serious? Like, do you think we weren't paying attention to how you lived your life? Get the fuck out of here. And so... You literally fooled the devil. Yeah. And so apparently, it was worse to be walking the earth, like, as a spirit, like purgatory, I guess, than it was to go to hell. So Jack goes to hell, and he's like, hey, you're not going to believe this. They won't let me in upstairs. But... If it's okay, I'd like to be here. And the devil's like, ooh, sorry, you know, we had that deal that I'm not allowed to take your soul. So. Really backfired. Exactly. He's like, but I'm going to give you this fucking piece of coal ember and send your ass on your happy way. And so the legend is, is that because he was forced to just travel the earth without rest, he took the ember and he put it in a hollowed out turnip. And it became a lantern, so he was Jack of the Lantern. Oh. Jack O'Lantern. That's crazy. That story took a, a hard turn right at the end. I thought they did it like in memoriam of him in memoriam of him by making like a face on a, a turnip. No, but, so no, it he, was his he, lantern. Yeah, and so I don't know exactly how it came about that it would be carved with faces and everything, but I'm guessing that has something to do of trying to carve faces, possibly I think I kind of alluded to this before, but part of that barrier, you know, of the spirits being able to travel is you wanted to protect your ancestral spirits. So that's also where dressing up as like monsters and things like that came from. It wasn't as a celebration of those evil entities. They were trying to scare the evil entities away. They were trying to get them back to hell. Correct. Yeah. Back on the other side of their veil. Yeah. So, and that's why also you would have people leaving out, um, like offerings and things like that. And I think, like, so Dio de los Muertos, completely separate holiday from Halloween. And That's, it's the opposite. Yes. But a big thing with uh, Dio <laughs> de los Muertos is the making of all this food and everything for the spirits that come in. Dia de los Muertos. What am I saying? Muerto. Dia de los Muertos. There you go. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Which. I feel like it's kind of cool, and I don't know if it's right to break off and talk about that right now, but it is kind of exactly the opposite of this, and it's curious because we came over from the Puritans, obviously, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing, whereas they were settled by the Spaniards, by the conquistadors mm-hmm. and all that down there, and as far as Dia de los Muertos goes, it is still three days. They still have uh, Dia de los Muertos. And then they have their version of like an All Saints Day, All Souls Day, that kind of thing. But where you're talking about they would leave offerings for the spirits to go Mm -hmm. away. For Dia de los Muertos in Mexico and I think down in South America too. Mexico's a little bit different. It's kind of like stuck in the middle. It's like what they call like Mesoamerica I think is where Mm -hmm. it's really popular, yeah. Um, They leave those offerings out basically so they can help their loved ones as they come to visit them, as Mm -hmm. that veil's lifted and they can come back to earth so they can refuel, replenish and purify themselves. They leave out like salt and water Mm -hmm. so the souls can purify themselves before they go back over on their journey. And it's what's crazy is that's kind of in a 
a roundabout way, that's kind of the same principle behind like pharaohs and their tombs where they would just load them with food, really? and, like, their animals and everything like that. So like when a pharaoh was buried, they would be buried with everything they would need in the afterlife. That's why all their treasure was buried with them. They had animals, they had servants that were sometimes buried there. So you have this situation, hey, we're going to just load you up with all this shit. Dia de los Muertos is like, it's cool. We're going to set some shit out for you. When you guys come back, fuel up, you know. We want you to feel the love that we still have for you because we mm-hmm. miss you. It's it's not so much a celebration like it is here where you get candy and you get to have fun all that shit. It's like almost like a, a dead family reunion. There's this. That's have a you bad ever, way to put it. Have I ever mentioned the show? I probably did a while back. It's called Altered Carbon. It's on um, Netflix. I've seen the preview for it. I don't really remember it, though. Okay, long story short, basically what happens is at some point in humanity, they discovered this metal, and the metal, you uh, can use it to create this thing, and they call it a cortical stack. And think of it like almost like a little circular um, USB, like hard drive, but it looks like it. it's almost like the shape and size of like one of your spinal columns, like one of the bones. So when you're one year old, you get this implanted, and it basically holds your consciousness in it. And what you can do is, if your body is killed, that that if that survives, that's not destroyed. You could technically take that out and put that into another body, and that person would have that those memories. That it would be that person just in a different body. A physical and, reset. Yeah, and so Dia de los Muertos, one of the characters is um, Spanish, and so what they do sometimes for Dia de los Muertos is they will go to their ancestors that have died, but they still have their little stack things and they'll rent them a body or get them a body for that day. And they'll be able to come back having not been living for years and be able to come back. And they, you know, they obviously lived with this technology, so it's not like a shock for them, but they'll come back and be able to talk to the family and hang out with the family, and then they'll be like, okay, you can go ahead and put me back in storage. What? Yeah. That's the most highly technological thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Huh. But that would be so, like, think of that. Like, part of their tradition is, and part of a lot of traditions, is wanting to commune with spirits during, you know, this time when that barrier is. If you could actually, like, you know, it's it's super far-fetched, and of course it'll never happen, but... To, like, take that concept and be like, no, what if you could actually just talk to that person? I think there's part of it, too, that, like, dying in certain religions is, like, a sad, mournful time. Mm -hmm. But dying in other religions, they just understand, like, I think people just do understand, like, it's just a part of life. Like, dying dying has to happen. It's, you can't fight it, so you might as well just embrace it and celebrate it. Mm -hmm. And whereas, like, we have, like... Sad funerals here. Not like wakes. I've heard yeah. the wakes are kind of fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. But it's like a sad day, whereas down there, it's more of a celebration of yeah. the life that was had. And you get that now more so. I think we've kind of wised up because now you get, instead of a wake, you have, it's a celebration of life. And it tries to be a little bit more positive about remembering the good things and mm-hmm. not just being mournful. Um, but yeah, just the different like versions of, not so much Halloween, but kind of their own versions of Halloween. So in Mexico, their actual Halloween is called Calaverita. And basically... Which is separate from Dia de los mm-hmm. Muertos. And so when they go around, they say Calavera or something like that. And basically in Spanish, the translation is, can you give me my little skull? Because one of the traditions the was skulls. the candy skulls. Yep. And that's what they would hand out as, you know, treats. 
Very um, underrated. We do a lot of candy and that type of stuff. Mexico does it right, though. They have something called pan de muerto, which is bread of the dead. Mm-hmm. Bread of the dead. And it's delicious. Like, it's unleavened, obviously, because you don't mm-hmm. want to put anything rise, like rise, like life, or anything like that. But it's very, very good. And the meals that they make and set out for these people are these people's favorite meals. So it's not just like you get a peanut butter cup or anything like that. Yeah. Like These are full-blown meals that they lay out. Well, in St. Louis and Des Moines, apparently, trick-or-treaters are expected to perform a joke or a pun still to get a treat. For real? Yeah, they still I like have that. traditions. Make the kids work. Uh, Canada, kids used to say, instead of trick-or-treat, they used to say, Halloween apples. And what fucked that up was the razor blade thing. Oh, yeah! Mm-hmm. That's where that comes from, huh? Yeah. I remember and seeing so that. so they stopped doing that after fucking apples got a, couldn't be handed out anymore because of the, the razor blade thing. Which, I... Like, how do you not see where the razor... Like, I understand razor blades are thin, but they're still leaving a pretty sizable... And it's going to be very sticky. Yeah. Because it's, there's juice everywhere. Who's, who's not teaching their kids not to just reach into the fucking bag as soon as they get something and just take a fucking big-ass bite of it? Probably the same people that think that there's people handing out rainbow fentanyl candy and edibles and shit like that mm-hmm. to kids. Like, I think we cover this. Will have covered it maybe in the future on our one-on-one, but like, yeah, this, this will be out on the 26th. I think it'll be the Wednesday before Halloween. So you'll be able to surprise and wow. All of your friends with these Halloween facts while you're getting drunk, carrying around your booze in your children's wagon. But, Oh, it's gone. Oh, Oh yeah. Nobody in the right mind that does drugs is ever going to put an edible. Nobody's going to put a, I guess now things are getting cheaper. I'm not giving a kid a $6 piece of candy that's no. drugs and not be able to see the reaction. No. Like probably never. I'm not going to say never because I, I just don't know, but I don't want to just hand over a piece of THC to a kid and not like be able to see the reaction. Like there's no payoff there. <laughs> you, you're just hope you just have to let your imagination run wild. Not only that, but like if you seriously want to think about that, first of all, are you trick or treating? How common is it for people just to trick or treat in areas they're not even familiar with? Like for me, like I go to like you go to the hot spots. You go to the not only that, but I go to a neighborhood I'm either doing in my own neighborhood or I'm doing it in my mother in law's neighborhood where true. we make a loop. And if I happen to get you know find an edible in my kid's bag, how hard is it going to be for me to walk around and knock on some doors for other houses and be like, "Did you find this in your bag? Did you find this in your bag?" You're going to get found out. It's not even just the monetary thing. And everything, do you really think that people are just going to do that with the expectation of not getting caught? Like, it would be so easy to catch what house was doing that shit. Not to mention, drug dealers don't give away things for free. No. So why would anybody be packaging up, like... It's just fear-mongering. We're we're both talking to, like, we're not going to have an argument for each other. No, it's It's just completely ridiculous. We're on the same side. It just, it blows me away. And the new thing is the rainbow, or the rainbow fentanyl that's supposed to be, everybody has to watch out for. Mm -hmm. But, like I say, nobody's going to get a bunch of drugs that they can make money on and just hand them out for free to kids just to be an asshole. That's just, like, that's not logical. It's fear-mongering. Yeah. Yes. It is, but... It seems like it's easily debunked. Like, that's a, a simple thing that everybody should probably figure out. It's that they want to kill babies outside the womb. It, well, yeah, that, that, that too. Th- that's exactly, but it's the same, it's, there's no merit behind it. There might be an example or two examples of a kid getting an edible in their candy. Guess what? 
I'm not saying that that was right. Of course, that's horrible. But at the same time, an isolated incident does not, you know, make it normal. Well, then there's a thousand other examples that you can give of a kid getting into their dad's booze chest mm-hmm. and causing far more havoc that lasts much, much longer. I got to pee so bad. Okay. All right. All right. While we take a break from class and uh, take care of some business, you can also take care of some business. If you don't follow us on Instagram or Twitter already, our Instagram handle is historically high pod. That's historically high pod, and our Twitter is historically high. That's historically hi. All right, and back to our show. Thing that probably wasn't surprising, except for the date, um, candy corn, you, the year it was invented, eighteen eighty. And it was finally distributed out to kids um, in mass in 1898. It was originally called chicken feed, which kind of makes sense. If you think about a candy corn, it kind of looks like chicken feed a little bit. Well, it's a kernel of corn. Not just the, like, if you take a... If you pull out a kernel, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to represent. White white toward the core, and then it gets... I don't know where the orange is, but then the yellow is the... Yeah. I... I didn't know that for the longest time until someone showed me them all in a circle with the points pointing in. I'm like, oh shit, that is a fucking cob corn. I used to think they looked like teeth. Yes, I did too. That's they, why you do them as the Dracula teeth. Mm-hmm. You would take the fat parts and put them on your fangs and yeah. <laughs> that, I really can only fuck with candy corn maybe like once in a year, but I do like doing it once in a year. Because it's not the worst tasting candy in the world to me. And the only thing that gets me is I feel like I'm eating a candle. Like as it's far wax. as the waxy feel. But they're not terrible. They're not good by any means. I'm not a fan. It, it's kind of like, uh, you remember like Necco wafers and shit like that? The chalky ones. Like, yeah. yeah, it wasn't good, but it was still close enough to candy Necco to where you could pass like, it off. Are like Smarties that just gave up. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 So that was 1898. When so, do you think they just, dis- when did candy corn hit that ceiling of they're like, we're just not pushing candy corn like we used to. They're like, we got to come up with a game changer in the candy corn game. And someone's like, what if we made it in the shape of a pumpkin? They're like, God damn it, you've just saved this company. They kind of did, huh? Yeah. Those pumpkins do taste similar. Those they're pumpkins. The same, they're made of the same shit. It's just a different color and it's just more wax. Yeah, those are literally like eating a candle. Yes. Like That's like eating a tea light. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think... Because what war did M&M's come through with? It wasn't Vietnam. It was before that. Oh, M&M's were in World War I? Two ration kits, I believe. So that was probably when they realized that candy corn wasn't the hot shit that it was meant to be. Like when you got M&M's instead of candy corn. Oh, as soon as they figured out how to make chocolate, you know. Chocolate just kicked their ass, kicked candy corn to the curb? Probably. Are you even really asking me that question? Have you had... A piece of chocolate versus a piece of candy corn. I would assume, though, that they had chocolate before 1880. They probably did, but I'm guessing being able to go ahead and make candy corn. Have you ever seen, I'm sure you have because you like watching the street vendor videos. Do you ever watch when they do the hard candy where they stretch it? And they oh, a taffy pull like is one of the most satisfying things that you've ever seen. And they seen. put on the hook on the wall and they yeah. do that. Okay, so what I'm Either that is, or when it's in the machine and it starts rotating and it gets glistening. It keeps stretching it in different directions. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm saying is that skill set of being able to do that kind of stuff has been around for a long time along with, cause that's just sugar. So I'm guessing candy corn kind of fell into that same area with chocolate. I think there was a much larger process for you to make chocolate and then also be able to make it into bars. Cause they did also have like chocolate bars in world war two rationing, but they were like, 
you know, they're not the chocolate we know today. There were these huge hunking bars that were probably like, what, 10% actual cocoa or cacao or whatever. Ton of filler. Yeah, but well, I'm pretty sure as soon as chocolate was uh, as available as candy corn, candy corn just got its ass handed to it. Had to have been. So that obviously was, candy corn had a run for a while, and the staying power of candy corn does surprise me, because the fact the that The fact it's, that it can only be relevant a month out of the year, and yet it still mm-hmm. exists. Like, pumpkins have at least got, you know... Pumpkins pumpkin have, pie pumpkins for Thanksgiving. A, I was going to say, pumpkins have had a pretty big glow up within the last, like, as soon as, like, the pumpkin spice thing started happening, pumpkin, all that kind of stuff, pumpkins, you know... They got their due, but it used to be when was when you were a kid. When was the only time you thought of pumpkins? Halloween and Thanksgiving. There you go. Yeah, I, that has to also do with the growing season. I'm guessing. Well, because they harvest them usually in August, September, so then they're ready for but October. Now November. you can get pumpkin flavor whenever you want. Yeah, because you, you put pumpkin, it into a can. Yep, and you get or pumpkin f- filling and everything. It's more readily available. There's a a weird phenomenon and. The only time that I've ever wished I had another friend is like I, pretty full up. I've I've had all you guys for a while. I'm not planning no on kids. making anybody say else. what you want to say. It, I almost wish that I had like a friend that was like a food historian or like that was deeper into cooking mm-hmm. because there's certain things that I notice like uh, the amount of food and cooking media that I take in is almost like weird. Like it's I'm not I hate when people use the term foodie because it's just it's annoying. To me, I, it just, it bugs me. It sounds too casual. Yeah. It, like, I'm a foodie. Yep. I yeah, take yeah, yeah. pictures of my food. Like, when I think foodie, I think the people that leave, like, Yelp reviews and shit like that. Like, Trying in and out animal style. Just stupid shit like that. I, I hate it. Drives me nuts. But there's certain things that I pick up on that I don't know if it's just something that my brain makes a connection mm-hmm. to something else. Because... There seems to be, like, food trends, like, there's, like, fashion trends. Mm -hmm. Like, when things come back into style. Uh, We're sitting in the golden era of Nashville hot chicken right now. And chicken sandwiches in general. But it's, like, that has had a lot longer span just because it takes time to catch on over across the country. But there's certain things where you'll just see that pop up on menus. Like, for a while, I think it might have been pre-pandemic, the year before the pandemic, maybe, 2019. Honey was just the shit. Like, honey was going in everything. You were seeing honey glazes on fried chicken. You were seeing honey, hot honey mm-hmm. became a thing. Like, there's certain times where there's certain things. And pumpkins and pumpkin spice for, like, a year or two. Because pumpkin spice wasn't a thing when you were a kid. I don't remember that shit. No. But it, there hit a certain time in, like, probably the early 2010s, maybe, where pumpkin spice was that hot relevant thing for the year, and it just hit right. It I'm felt right. Sure it, I'm pretty sure it came out of trying to do a pumpkin pie. It came out of doing a seasonal pumpkin. Well, pie that's what you use pumpkin then, spice for traditionally is in a pie. Correct, and so you just don't call it. Can I get a pumpkin pie latte? You, it's pumpkin spice now. They just start yes, to throw um, it in everything. It's yes. like what I was talking about with honey. Like honey became hot honey. You found honey barbecue sauce. There was just honey fucking everywhere. And here's the thing too. It's it's fucking good, but how good would it be if it was around all year? Awful. Yeah, that's you, why they don't. You do have the to be. That's the why they don't do the McRib all year. It's like drinking hot chocolate in July. You just don't fucking do it. Yeah, like that, that's weird. I'm always I've always been a cold chocolate. Really, chocolate milk. Yeah, which is weird because chocolate milk hot is not hot chocolate. They're no. two completely different things. But you can make 
hot chocolate with milk or cream. You can, but if you let hot chocolate get cold, it becomes chocolate milk, but you can't heat up chocolate milk to become hot chocolate. And literally another one of those things was hot chocolate, not hot chocolate to drink, but like you... Fondue type. Are you talking about fondue type? No, stuff? like when you... You never used to see like spices in chocolate. Like there was no cayenne pepper in oh, chocolate yeah, yeah, before. Yeah. I get what you're saying now. But they picked the from the Hispanic culture mm-hmm. and then that comes into the lexicon of America and now you walk down a candy aisle and half the chocolate you see has jalapenos in it or cayenne mm-hmm. or habanero, something like that, that. It's not just milk or milk dark or white, which it used to be when I was growing up. That was kind of the thing. Now it's literally infused with every fruit. It's a designer. With, yeah. So that's what we deal with today. And this was what? 140-ish years mm-hmm. ago, 140-plus years ago, we've made a pretty big leap in the way that we look at food, and I think it's because we've kind of latched onto like, food trends. But getting back into Halloween, our first kind of official, like, the ending of the Halloween story as we know it today, um, 1921, it was the first official Halloween parade in America. It was in Minnesota. It was in, like, a smaller town in Minnesota. Weird place, because being that far north... At the end of October, fucking cold. And probably not a lot of Irish folks or yeah. Scottish folks. Mm-hmm. Like That would have to be Norwegian influences probably, based yeah. on my knowledge of the um, NFL. Yeah, that's like Minnesota. I think Minnesota's one of those regions, kind of like Wisconsin, where it was like almost like a Nordic-type population. So that was just where they celebrated it. Kind of some more fun things that I found... Um, Costumes really started to, like, they realized that costumes could be an industry right around the 1930s. That's mm-hmm. when they started popping up in, like, department stores to buy. So anytime before that, your parents had to make your costume or mm-hmm. you had to make your costume. But now they saw that there you was a vision. Sheet, you cut some holes in that bitch. <laughs> Boom. You're a ghost. You're a ghost for six years in a row until you can get that Dracula cape and a pair of fucking fake teeth and then you're Dracula for six years. Well, and that didn't even, like... Nosferatu, I think, came about in the 20s. So yeah, it was because it was an asylum movie. That was kind of one of those things where, like, once you saw that on the screen, mm-hmm. then that's what you could be for Halloween. But and none that, of the makeup. Could you imagine how creepy the fucking makeup would be? Oh, it would. Well, they were, it was probably pretty easy because they used to just white powder their faces all the time. Yeah, but he had, like, in Nosferatu, like, he almost had, like, bat features, like, pointy ears, like a long nose. Eddie Munster kind of look. No, almost. like, almost. More. Like a goblin look, kind of? Yes. More so that. Yeah, so you don't have, like, rubber face features or anything like no. that. So you gotta get creative. It, all those movies from the 20s and 30s spawned so many costumes that they had. Well, that's like Charlie Chaplin. You're starting to see cowboys on screen. You're starting to see... All these walks of life yeah, that you've like, never... Yeah, like, imagine that, too. If you're someplace, like, like New York, for example, and you start to get motion pictures you're starting to see even cultures from within your own country, like in the South. So now you're getting cowboys. How many people do you think were dressing up as fucking Indians from fucking Indians being in those movies? Lone Ranger style. Mm-hmm. And Tonto. And yeah. All those different characters. And it seems like that kind of is a theme that follows through. Cause for today's time, like some of the top Google searches for costumes for 2022 uh, Encanto, which I believe is like a Disney film. That's a, based on the whole um, lore behind Dia de los Muertos. 
No. Oh, is it? No, that's um. Damn, that's the singing one. The kid with the guitar. Oh, um, that's on you. I, no, I, I know, and I never, I never, that one never made it into the rotation. Anyway, go ahead. Encanto is the one about. It's also about um, Spanish, something about like um, magic. I like that. Yeah. It could be fun. Maybe I'll have to throw that one in rotation for Halloween. Uh, Ted Lasso, of course. Lasso, I'm sure, has been very popular for a long time. Uh, surprisingly, still holding on strong, Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. That That's had some staying mm-hmm. power. And well, then, here's of course... The thing. You can go two directions with Dorothy. You can go traditional Dorothy. You can go slutty Dorothy. We'll get into the slutty All costumes right. because we have some very special people to thank for slutty costumes. Um, it is called... What is the fucking movie? Coco. Oh, Coco. I was thinking Soul, but Soul, I think, is more about the South and a, a jazz player. You got it. But rounding out the list, of course, is She-Hulk, because that's going to be a hot costume for... I don't. I haven't ever watched any of the episodes, but I've seen the mixed reviews on it, so I don't know if it's like... You could probably wear that ironically, and like if you really liked it. That movie makes you have... Makes you ponder yourself sexually <laughs> to some degree. <laughs> am I into this? Yes, no, yes, I am. Okay. Uh, so getting back to Dorothy from Oz and you talked about the slutty costumes, this is something where it was like half research. Like I saw one or two articles about it and I just went with it. Mm-hmm. And they, they might be right, they might be wrong, but I'd like to give the credit. Um, we have a 70 to 80% accuracy yeah, threshold yeah. on this, so fire away. Now, if you're a historian and you know a lot about Halloween, sorry, we probably fucked some stuff up, but it's a fun story. I mean, it's Halloween. You're just making shit up as you go. Um, Greenwich Village, 1973. We've been in Greenwich Village in an episode before, a little bit earlier, about four years earlier, when we... Uh, Stonewall. Did the Stonewall, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, In that neighborhood, they had a real strong, just grouping of gay and lesbian mm-hmm. people and well not just that but also people that were friendly to that lifestyle as well so you had a lot more of accepting were, yeah a, a more a liberal view yeah, of, exactly. of the times in the area younger probably also skewing younger mm-hmm. they started having these block parties where you would get not only the people that would dress in drag and things like that mm-hmm. coming out in these drag costumes these sexy costumes, you're starting to see glitter, you're starting to see... Lace, yep, fishnets. All this fun leather. stuff at these parties. And that spreads to the Castro district in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and then you get some in West Hollywood, too. And as it's starting to expand and you see these sexy costumes coming out of the gay and lesbian community, mm-hmm. there starts to be more of kind of like what straight people do to a lot of things. Maybe not straight. It's starting a trend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it gets picked up by, I don't want to say the mainstream culture, but the, the gay and straight, or the gay and straight communities kind of come together on an yeah. idea. And they can come together for sexy costumes. Fine. Yeah. 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 yeah like you it, like sexy costumes. We like sexy costumes. And Hey, you're a guy. I'm a girl. We're both trying to turn on guys. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's let this up a lot. Uh, so much so that between 73 and 2006, 2006, one of the major like online costume manufacturers mm-hmm. came out and admitted that 
slutty costumes are like a multi-million dollar industry. Like, they only sell them for one time of year, but they sell so many slutty costumes online that it's just blown up to where they have, like, their own industry of slutty costumes. What do you think is the most... um, So, if, like, you had to take a costume and turn it into a slutty costume, what would be the one that would just, like, you'd see and be like, that's fucking genius, but how did you, like come up with that or the most unexpected I guess sexy Jesus sexy Jesus would just be funny to see I'm trying to think if I've seen a sexy Jesus well I've seen dudes do sexy Jesus I've never seen a woman do sexy Jesus maybe that's what we need sexy Mary Magdalene no just a sexy lady Jesus yeah I wouldn't mind seeing it I'd like to see where they take the beard sexy Buddha Sexy Buddha would be nice. Mm-hmm. There's many different... Are you talking about Happy Buddha? Like the fat one? There's a bunch of different Buddhas. Not Vengeful Buddha. Ooh, Sexy Dalai Lama. Pretty much any of your <laughs> traditional... Sexy Mother Teresa. Sexy Mother Teresa. <laughs> I'm pretty confident I've seen Sexy Mother Teresa. Yeah. Horrible lady, but you could probably sex her up a little sexy bit. Sexy girl from The Exorcist. Uh, Emily Rose was one of them. There was that Haunting of Emily Rose mm-hmm. movie. Where I'm she talking was... like the original. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sexy Poltergeist. That'd be a tough one to mm-hmm. pull off. Oh, you just use like uh, the tutu material for the whole costume and then you just wear like a bra. And... Different than Sexy Ghost, mm-hmm. I guess. But, I, that's cool to me. Like, thank you, gay community, for making sexy costumes because there was an age group like before you were married, before you were in a, a serious relationship or... There was nothing like going downtown. Like when we would dress up in our group costumes and Mm -hmm. go downtown, that was partly because we were trying to get a bunch of girls in sexy costumes to be like, oh my God, your Mm -hmm. guys' costume's so cool and well thought out. You want a drink? And then you're off to the races. It's it's a cool part of growing up. I just, it's harder to find now a normal costume than it is a sexy costume. Because if you put in pirate costume... It'll probably Every show Jack, result for like show the first Jack Sparrow 50. for men, and it's going to show a slutty pirate for a chick. A wench. A wench. Same thing. Like, I think that's, yeah, I think we're at the point now where if it ain't a child's costume, and it's an adult costume, if you put adult whatever, for adult any, mummy. Firefighter, adult policeman. Yes. Sexy trash person. That's sexy sanitation engineer. Mm-hmm. Sexy water treatment plant. <laughs> sexy worker. custodian. Sexy master of the custodial arts. Sexy radioactive disposal unit. <laughs> sexy bomb bomb diffuser. With the big bomb proof mm-hmm. suit on. Except it's got the cutout. It's just got tits it's cut a, out. Cu- yeah, it's molded. Cut- it's, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks, gay community. I appreciate that. That was a, a solid that you did us. I wish we were doing more for you right now, but we're trying. Do you know the record for most carved pumpkins in one location at one time? Uh uh-uh. uh. So it's got to be like a township or something. It, it, New Hampshire. Yeah. Um. Guess the number. Five thousand. Up. Ten thousand. Up. Fifteen thousand pumpkins. Up. Twenty thousand pumpkins. This is ridiculous. Twenty-five. Up. Uh, I'm gonna shoot it higher than fifty. It's 30,000. 30,000 pumpkins at once? 30,500 pumpkins in Keene, New Hampshire. They currently hold the record. Congratulations. That's Keene, New Hampshire. 
you probably had that in like a serial killer or something. Jesus. So you got to look 30,000. I get upset trying to carve my pumpkin and then having to help with somebody else's. Can you imagine just sitting there? You're on pumpkin duty. They're like, we're going after this record. Get to fucking cutting. How many? You get nothing but square, but triangle eyes, and you're getting a mouth with three teeth in it. That's it. No more. No more, no less. And if I start getting tired, you're getting just a toothless grin. And maybe a nose. Have you ever thought about breaking out the electric turkey carver a little bit early? I don't have one, actually. Really? Yeah, I just do it by just a sharp-ass... That's what you're supposed to do. That's the right way to do it. But you've seen those electric turkey carvers. Those work pretty decent in a pumpkin, I think. That's... I tried Until the guts just jam the shit out of the fucking actuator or whatever's inside it. I tried to sawzall at your house. uh, You did. Your old house. It worked okay. Mm -hmm. A little bit aggressive. I Mm -hmm. might have been a little bit aggressive with the idea. It's not a precision tool that you're thinking in that situation because it wants to carve hard. Yeah, there were some spots where there were some pokes through the back of the pumpkin mm-hmm. <laughs> blade going a little too deep. But I was using a tree trimming <laughs> blade. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it's just crazy now that it's it's like every holiday. It's been so commercialized, which I'm not complaining about everything. It's just fun to kind of know where all this stuff comes from and to understand that, you know, do you think, and I know the answer to this already, but as a country, I feel like if there's something that... America is co-opted, there's this automatic assumption like we're the ones that invented it. Yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier with holidays. Yeah. Every holiday that we have, we kind of forget that everybody else has it because we're stuck in such an American-centric way of thinking that it's like, oh, you guys should wish us Merry Christmas. We're not going to do it back to you, even though you mm-hmm. probably celebrate the same shit. Like if you were to, it's like the, you know, uh, poll on the street that they're doing on like late night talk show. They'll ask just a simple question, but then find out nobody knows the answer. Like well, man on say, the street action. Yeah. So if you're like, um, can you explain, you know, Valentine's day, you don't even have to give the, you know, the, um, history behind it, but who's it named after? And people would be like, buddy Valentine. Like, I don't know who that is. Or, you know, any of those other holidays that have just been traditionally or what we've been led to believe. Like we think we have Christmas, I think that there's a, you know, a part of us that believes that we, we invented Christmas or we invented modern Christmas and that it, you know, it has to be Santa Claus. It's not, you know, father Christmas or known by anybody else. Yeah. There is kind of that thought process of like, and once we get closer to Christmas, yeah, we'll do the same thing for Christmas and talk about all the other fun Mm -hmm. shit. Cause there's a lot of other fun, fun areas of Christmas around the world. I think, we probably believe that we invented Santa Claus and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And we take things to another level. Like, I don't think NORAD would have been a thing. Isn't that the one where they follow Santa around at night? Yes. That probably wouldn't have been a thing without America. Like, we, we put a little bit of technology and a little bit of je ne sais quoi in these things. You know they're not really tracking Santa. I'm, a, I'm aware okay. of it. I'm just saying, like, when they show the <laughs> NORAD report and everything like Wait. that, they're just like, can we just use the graphic from last year and show where Santa's at? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Santa's not And then real. they're just saying, see how consistent Santa is? Santa's always in the same spot at this time. Guy's always He's on like time. like clockwork. Hey, I think that there is a, an American-centric slant to every holiday. And I, I don't know if it's a bad thing, because I hope other cultures do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope they're as pig-headed as we are about shit. But I do think that it's more the South American traditions, like the Dia de los Muertos, and I'm sure other places around 
probably have like a more serious tone to it just because it is like a celebration. I think it also, you know, with Dia de los Muertos and, you know, All Hallows Eve or Samhain and everything, those are holidays or festivals born out of tradition in those countries. We kind of got them brought to us and then we were like, it was, the, it's the buffet. It's the American buffet thing that, <laughs> that we always do. We take and we pick what we like out of it. We discard what we don't like about it. And then we're just like, voila, it's perfect. Look what we've done. We've, we've saved your shitty holiday. And so, <laughs> but because we're still also so young as a nation, we've talked about this before, how cool it would be to have <laughs> a, a super expansive heritage. Yeah. Not always, you know, you, you have countries who have these huge heritages and yeah, there's been shit that happens, you know, a lot like our history and everything, but it's had so long with these heritages that you almost have like, like for us, if they were like, when was the last time you guys like went to war and like, we're killing each other and everything we're like, I mean, it was a while ago, but I guess technically in the span of thing, it wasn't that long ago in the span of time. And I mean, you still have other countries that are at war with each other, but we basically, yeah, just kind of take these holidays and we're, we're getting them from other people. We just assume that they're ours. To grow up in an area like we were talking about earlier, like a little Italy or like a, the Irish part of town a Chinatown, something like that. There's a different sense of community there, I think. Mm -hmm. Whereas like (coughs) for Samhain and for the pagans and everything like that, it was a, a community festival. It was everybody. It was a way of life. Everybody in the township. Yeah, you, yeah. you just depended on each other. It, it wasn't like you know Halloween nowadays. Like, ah, we're just gonna skip it. We're gonna stay in. Like, can you imagine for like Sawin? They're like, ah, uh, no, we're just staying in. Like, the fuck you are. This is to make sure the harvest goes well. I don't care if you have the fucking plague. Get mm-hmm. out and fucking dance around the goddamn bonfire. Uh, whereas now, like, I don't. I like Halloween probably. Less than the next person that you're going to find. I love Halloween. So, I, and I get it. Like, I, I understand. There's just certain things that people are passionate about that I don't understand, mm-hmm. but I, I, I'm happy that they're passionate about it. Like, don't really decorate. Carve pumpkins maybe once every five years, something like that. Uh, turn the lights off during trick-or-treating, but also, like, put a sign out front. It's like, I'm not a pervert. That's not why my <laughs> lights are off. We're just not <laughs> celebrating Halloween. Like, it's a fine line to tell. But, I'm not going to touch you. I'm just not a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hug you if you want, but it's yeah. not going to be as inappropriate as you think it should be. That's what you're getting at. But it seems like as we get further and further ways of people, like these people used to have a community festival. They used to have harvest festivals and all that. Then we moved to trick-or-treating where there's like people that have uh, fun houses and haunted houses mm-hmm. and shit like that set up on their property to – after I don't think the pandemic really did it because I kind of noticed it growing up. Like there were less and less houses in our community that would be celebrating. Mm-hmm. But well, that comes with the rise of Halloween parties. Yeah, and now like driving through the neighborhood that I grew up in, there's maybe like thirty houses in the whole decently big subdivision mm-hmm. that actually hand out candy and do that kind of stuff. My mom still does, and I love that. Like yeah. I love that that happens. But before, it was like every house or every other house or some shit like yeah. that where it was just a million places mm-hmm. to go where you go to the the rich, fancy part of neighborhoods mm-hmm. and you hope that you get like full bars or something yes. like that. The I think those grail. people... <laughs> yeah, dude. Full bar was great back when you were a kid. 
But it's like as we move further and further with technology and trying to get away from the people that we're surrounded by, like the less we understand that community events are fun. Like that's important. Yeah. Like if you see somebody, if you see somebody in just a regular like mid-level neighborhood and they're handing out full bars, mm-hmm. you got to assume that guy's probably a pretty decent neighbor. Like somebody you'd want to stop and talk to, something yeah. like that. And it it just seems like as we... Hey, I'm giving out full bars. Still not trying to touch anyone's kid. <laughs> just had a good year. <laughs> Thought I'd pay it forward. You guys want to check my background? I'm mm-hmm. cool with that. Like, I'll even pay for it. But it just... I would like to see a resurgence. I'd like to see people come back to it. And I think if I saw more of it, maybe it would jumpstart me to want to do it too. Yeah. But it's just... It seems like it gets tougher and tougher every year. And it's luckily... Fucking, it's the fentanyl, dude. You think that's it's what it is? goddamn trick-or-treating fentanyl. You think it's the parents doing the fentanyl or the edibles and then not wanting to take their kid no. out? I'm telling you right now, the only pe- the only edibles that are or drugs that are occurring for Halloween are the people that are handing out the candy have already taken them, yep. so they're able to last the entire night with handing out candy. How wild would that be to, like, do an eight the mushrooms or something like that and go take your kid out trick-or-treating? LSD would be terrible. I don't think that would be advisable. But mushrooms, like if you did like an eighth of mushrooms or whatever your preferred dosage is and went out and saw a bunch of little kids dressed up in all these scary costumes on the street, nah. You, I, I'm just thinking about that. Like you'd get so distracted. You'd literally be looking at every costume and be like, look at that one over there. Oh my God, look at you. And be like, oh my God, look, look at this. Look at the little, the little ghost. You'd have to take a picture of your kid before you left the mm-hmm. house so you could remember which one it is. That's a situation. That's when you need to actually have them strapped to you like one of those goddamn briefcases with the handcuffs on them. Or maybe in a more safe way, the other way around. Like Strap, an, an adult have the kid Have the kid strap <laughs> you to the leash. Kid's like, I'm not going to go that far. You're like, this isn't for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is so I don't go too far from you. Dad just ate a couple of his chocolates. It's going to mm. be a long night. Buckle up. You got mom's number, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's written on the back of my belt <laughs> in case you need to reach anyone. Oh. All right, man. You got any closing thoughts on this? No. It's as we come to the end of the week, hopefully we gave you some good, fun Halloween spooky stuff. We gave you some witches. We gave you some uh magicians. We gave you a little bit of uh Mass murder slash movie character kind of crossovers. And all leading to a glorious crescendo that is Halloween. Yeah, I, I think a themed month was kind of fun, but I'm, I am ready to, to get back into I'm I'm Halloweened out. A little bit. Nice little to bit. have a trick-or-treat the kid. Oh, just take your father's share. Yeah. the dad, It's the dad tax. It's a real thing. I got a check for fentanyl, man. <laughs> I'm putting myself at risk. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, have uh, fun. Whatever you guys are doing, if you're going to a party, if you're taking your kids out, make sure that wagon is stocked. Uh, make sure you uh, pop an edible, maybe a five or ten, right before you head out of the house and uh, see where the night takes you. Check your kids' candy. Ladies, watch your drinks when you go out. Mm-hmm. Always important. If you um, think you've thought up a insanely original costume to turn into a slutty costume please send us that idea either through any of our social media which will be coming up which uh, you guys heard in the uh, during the pee break so we're curious 
Absolutely. All right, later, guys. Peace. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for another episode. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe and like button. Follow us. If you didn't like what you heard, still hit that anyway, because we'll probably cover something in the future that you do like. Um, please follow us on our social media. Adam, hit him with it. Uh, our Instagram is historically high pod, historically high pod, and we are on Twitter at historically high. That's historically hi. All right. And if you guys want to send in any feedback, suggestions, hit us up on those two, or you can even do it on Gmail. It's historically high podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks again. Peace.